0: Hello, and welcome to the Pro Football Fantasy Podcast. This is your host, Colby. You can find me on Twitter at coach underscore PFFP. I've got my brother, Austin, and my cousin, Justin, here. We're just a couple of idiots that play way too much fantasy football. I personally have 12 years of experience, multiple championships, running leagues from two quarterback all the way to dynasty leagues to just regular redraft leagues every year. So we're going to try to bring you guys some good info that you might not hear elsewhere. I'll let my co-hosts introduce themselves.
1: What's up y'all. My name is Justin. Like Colby said, I'm his cousin to him and Austin. Uh, find me on Twitter at Justin underscore PFFP. Also you can follow the uh, podcast on Twitter at pro fantasy pod. Um, yeah, like Colby said, you know we're all just football buffs. We've all played basically our whole lives, um, Madden, fantasy football, anything football related. We're all about it. So uh, definitely here to give you our dumbass opinions and just um, let you all make fun of us because we make fun of ourselves. So it's fun.
2: What's poppin', y'all? My name's Austin. Life's like a box of chocolates. You never know what you're gonna get. That's kind of how fantasy works. Follow me on Twitter. At Austin underscore PFFP. Let's rock and roll, baby.
0: So we're going to start it off pretty simple and easy today. Everybody knows the draft season's coming up, and the most important thing is who we're going to be buying, who we're going to be selling, who's important to us, and who we're just definitely going to drop off. So let's go ahead and start with with Justin here.
1: All right, so uh, starting off this week, um, we're going to give you two divisions each week. Uh, This week, you're getting the AFC East and the NFC East. I've got the AFC East, and Austin took the NFC East. And, uh, you know, we're going to let Colby throw in his two cents um, every now and then with the disagreements and whatnot. Um, Team I'm going to go with first that I looked at here, just going in order. I've got the Bills um just to touch it off there with the um the buy let's uh we'll open it up with buy or sell with these divisions first austin um for the bills under my buy or sell list here under my buy i've got gabe davis i feel like that's low hanging fruit everybody's kind of on the gabe davis train this year especially after you know what he did to the chiefs last year in the playoffs um but I mean, sometimes the low hanging fruit's there for a reason, and I really expect this guy to really go off and carry the momentum into next season. Cole Beasley's not there anymore; um, that was a big loss for them. That's you know a good bit of uh, targets that are going to be opened up for Gabe to get it as well. Um, also, you know, it's another season, another off season where Josh Allen's just going to trust him more. The team's got to focus on digs. Opens up a lot more for Gabe Davis there. Um, On my sell list for the Bills, I've got Devin Singletary. I feel like James Cook is going to come in and uh, probably take a lot of his snap share out of there. And I just don't really see Devin Singletary as consistent enough of an effective back to where, um, you know, you really want him to be your RB1 or even RB2 in my. Opinion, you know, he he's fine as a flex, I guess, but um, like I said, just as far as having to sell somebody off the bills, he's the first one that came to my mind there. Uh, what do you got, I Austin? There for the uh, NFC East buy or sell for your first team?
2: For the NFC East, I got Dalton Schultz from the Cowboys as my buy. With uh, Michael Gallup down, CeeDee Lamb's there as the number one, but he's going to be receiving a lot of targets, especially with no Amari Cooper anymore and no more Blake Jarwin. He proved last year to be a good top 10 tight end, almost top five. So we'll see what he can do this year.
0: Yeah, there's a lot of extra targets there. There's a uh,
2: lot of extra targets
0: for someone about like- 110
2: extra targets
0: I mean that's that's a lot to get filled last year he was high on targets as well as far as like the team was concerned they just like they they like to target the tight end that's something that Dallas has been doing
2: for myself I got AJ Brown I'm not sold on this dude I've yet to see him complete a season healthy. And he just, I just think there's too much hype on him. Like, I just, he gets hurt every other week. And so I just can't buy into a player like that. So I'm selling him. Especially when it comes to a dynasty. Like, because people are so hype on him, I could see you being able to get decent value for him. Like you got to pay attention to the last past two, three years of fantasy or dynasty.
0: He's getting drafted in the top 30 overall and probably the top 10 on receivers as if he's already done it. And a lot of the people from his draft class have. he. Everyone's getting paid from that year, and he's a good player. But like you said, if he can't play all the games, I mean, if you're only going to get him for 10 games this year, he's definitely not worth a top 30 pick.
1: No, I agree. I, uh, yeah, I would have to. I'd have to jump on that train as well. He's got the talent, um, but like you said, Austin, he's got to be able to stay on the field to, uh, to really keep that going. Like a good um, comparison is Debo Samuel. Like, if he could
2: put up the Debo Samuel numbers, we would have that more of a respect for him. But like Debo, he also gets hurt. Like last season, he had a good season where he didn't get hurt, but two season before that you couldn't play him because he was always on the bench injured
0: last season was, his so it's just only something to be alert where he didn't get hurt. That was the yeah, only time. What I
1: yeah. But, and even like you said though, when he is on the field, he's an absolute game changer. Uh, So like uh, Colby said last season, you know, he was healthy and he was able to, I, he was out for a few games, but nothing major like the years before. But um, the, you just saw the trust that Tannehill had in him, and there was plenty of games where he ended up with 10 catches, 150 yards, and a couple touchdowns. Um, there was plenty of weekends where he ended as a top three wide receiver overall for the weekend. Um, I probably won a lot of people some daily fantasy games as well just because he's not up there with the top tier of what you're having to spend there for your daily fantasy players.
0: I Definitely like someone are, I would
1: target in best ball.
0: People are so high on him because they're so high on Jalen Hurts as well. They think that that offense in general is just going to be scoring and scoring and scoring, but no one's taking anything on De, uh, Devonta Smith who looked great last year as a rookie. I know the guy only plays a He only weighs 150 pounds soaking wet, but You know, he's still a football player. He's very agile. He's super nice in the red zone. I mean, he's got the tools. He's got a guy that he's been working with before. Everyone's expecting for A.J. Brown to just take the role as if he's already earned it. And I think that that's where the mistake is coming from.
1: Yep. Yep. So uh, to keep moving on there while we're still in the buy or sell, like I said, Austin, I'm just kind of going team by team here down my list. Uh, Going down to the Jets. I've uh this year I am buying the rookie Brees Hall. I think he's um he's just too effective on of a back. You know, last year coming out he was one of the top backs in the country. He produced every year that he was in college there at Iowa State. Um the guy's an absolute monster. He can catch the ball out of the backfield. He's got the build that you want and a prototype of a running back. Um the offensive line for the Jets is really improved this offseason as well and they weren't even bad last year um so uh i do think Brees hall is going to be set for um front runner for rookie of the year just because i don't really see any quarterbacks there this year um for the jets i'm selling counter that i'm gonna sell michael carter Because Michael Carter, to me, just doesn't strike me as the three-down back that you need. I don't see him to have the skill set necessarily to overtake Brees Hall in those uh, carries. And Javante Williams is an absolute animal. But there's a reason that they split carries at North Carolina and Michael Carter wasn't the feature, feature back. Brees Hall would have been the feature back. So I'm selling Michael Carter this year just because, like I said, you know, I think Brees Hall is going to eat a lot into his production.
0: Brees Hall's risky. I mean, there's a lot of risk there taking a rookie guy. I've always been one to stay away from that high risk play. But at the same time, if you take Kareem Hunt his rookie year, you win a championship. If you take, you know, some of these guys, in Ezekiel their first Elliott. Year, he, I mean, he, he cost so much his first year, even as a rookie. But he was still the rushing champ. With all, yeah, he was going second round
1: as a rookie, first round for some people. Cowboys fans, I'm sure, it. snatched him up. Worth it, yeah. 1500
0: yards in a season. I mean, that's a great worth second it. Round Absolutely. Pick. And that's where Brees Hall at 42. If he can just put up running back two numbers, be serviceable, put up 15 points a game. I mean, that's all that you need from something like that. And if he's got the exact same size and speed as JT, I mean, that's what you want at running back right now. It's about now the vision, the gameplay, and like getting into that system. One thing that hurts me is that I did see um, that Malik, um, their left tackle, got hurt. Makai yep, Beckton. Yep, Makai Yeah, thank you. Yeah, he, uh, he took an injury down today. Um, he walked off the sideline on his own, so he should be fine, but it was on the knee that got surgically repaired and then that's never something that we want to see he's the only real question mark on that offensive line jets could have a top 10 offensive line if he's healthy
1: yeah jared uh our resident jets uh guest every now and then that'll pop in uh he actually sent me something that said robert Saleh said he didn't think it was that big of a deal and he was actually getting an mri on it today but he said he didn't look like it was anything major that's very but that's news. where uh, Dwayne Brown is actually in the building. Um, he played for the Seahawks last year. Uh, I believe he actually ended up being a Pro Bowl uh, tackle last year for the Seahawks. He's in the Jets building this weekend um, or this week, visiting, and the two sides have mutual interest. So as soon as Mckay got hurt, my instant thought was, "Well, Dwayne's going to get signed within the next few days."
0: Okay, yeah. I mean, right, so, what you
1: got for your next team, Austin?
2: we'll do uh Washington. I'll do my uh myself first. I got uh Antonio Gibson. I'm selling this dude. Yep. He's a solid running back. I just can't he just can't seem to stay healthy for a full season. And when he does play, his points are up and down. You know, the offense doesn't really run through him. He has a great skill set to make him like a top five running back, but he just can't seem to stay healthy. And he's also got a gremlin of a handcuff behind him in uh, J.D. McKissick.
1: McKissick's a killer.
2: He takes a lot of the uh, receiving game out of the backfield away from Gibson. And he's just a good safety blanket. McKissick, that is. And another reason his value, Antonio's value is going down is because of uh, the new rookie at... Running back from Alabama, Brian Robinson. Yeah. He's a dog. Yep. So, yeah, definitely not sold on Antonio as much as I used to be. Even though he's still a young running back, I think they'll sell him off to somewhere.
0: Whenever you've got a young guy who's starting to push you for carries, I mean, that's the worst thing you want. Whenever you haven't proven yourself as a three-down back yet and Gibson was starting to do it last year, but like you said, can't finish a full season. You're not a three-down back. That's just what it is. Justin, you, uh, you got any more buy sells over there for the AFC East?
1: Yeah, I've got a uh, – let's see. We'll go down to the Patriots. Um, I am uh, buying Hunter Henry this year simply just because Max seems to really like tar- targeting his tight ends. Don't really like their wide receivers so much. Um and they didn't add anybody in the offseason other than three games of Devontae Parker that they're gonna get. So I mean, it's just it's gonna be a Hunter Henry eating it all day every every weekend red zone. Um, so I would definitely buy in on Hunter Henry there. Um in that instance as well, um, I am selling Devontae Parker. The reason I'm selling Devontae Parker is just because um, all over Twitter, I just see Patriots fans getting into the same uh, mindset that Dolphins fans would get into every year around this time, which is Devontae Parker's killing training camp. He's doing what he needs to against these corners in training camp. He's mossing people. He's making catches everywhere. We saw this every off season in Miami and it's just not going to last. And I mean, it's just you you can't sell me on Devontae. Even if we had him this year still on the Dolphins, for me, he would be wide receiver four on the Dolphins. So easily. Like so, I mean, I was just I'm I'm not on the Devontae Parker train at all. Not about that hype. I would much rather have Jacoby Myers if I'm taking a wide receiver from them. Absolutely um, so yeah, we're definitely uh selling that Parker ship.
0: All right, Austin, do you want to finish it up with a couple more?
1: Yeah, I mean, we got
2: A couple more we can hit. So, uh, someone I'm selling is Miles Sanders. Even though the Eagles have the number one offensive line in the NFL. Due to the stats last year, which I think got skewed by uh, Jalen Hurts rushing. I know, like they had a good rush, but like I don't know.
1: The one kickback Miles I'll Sanders give you on that is the Eagles were the number one rushing team in the league last year.
2: No, that's what I'm. That's what I'm saying. That's because that, I know that the number of yards
1: from your
0: quarterback, though,
2: because the <clears throat> quarterback was taking off so much whenever he's rolling out of the pocket and stuff like that.
1: True, I, I mean, think Miles- more of the selling on miles sanders for me would be more of what philly showed us last year in the underutilization utilization of him and just the for whatever reason the stubbornness to just not feature him as much as i feel like they should have
0: Kenneth gainwell was fantasy relevant way too often last year for miles sanders and to really string. push me this year and and that's what i mean they're they're Rushing as a team was great, but Miles Sanders for being the premier number one back there. <clears throat> they don't like to talk about committee there, but that's really what it is. And they have the worst vulture currently in the league for touchdowns. Jalen Hurts is. I mean, a hell, didn't they
1: make uh, didn't they make Kalen Bilodeau fantasy relevant for a little bit last year, mm-hmm. or was that sure the year did. before? That was the year before. Okay, but but still, still even I mean, so. Yeah. Like it's the same system, same coach, and everything. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm with you there, Austin, selling on Miles Sanders. Who are you buying from the Eagles? Because you sold on AJ Brown, too.
2: I'm buying on Devontae Smith because of AJ Brown. If he goes down, now Devontae's a number one. And if AJ's out there, he's still going to be getting a lot of looks. He's got chemistry with him from Alabama. And he's put up record numbers over there at Alabama. And he had a great rookie season that a lot of people are overlooking just because of people like Judy and – Well, because of Chase. Not
0: Bayman. What Chase did last and Chase year. And, Chase, did. Chase
1: and, Chase did. and Waddle Chase did. overshadowed him. But yeah, exactly. to me, they finished in the way they were drafted though. Chase number one, Waddle number two, Devontae number three. Like Absolutely. that's how they were drafted. It's how they finished in the season to me. Um, but, yeah, I'm with you. I think he had a really solid rookie seat. He honestly uh, – I wasn't very high on him just because, I, you know, he balled at Alabama, but his size, I just didn't really think he was going to be um, as effective or really just be able to handle the NFL for the full season. And he impressed me a lot. Like, he's a he's a tough little son of a bitch, I'll tell you that.
2: There's a lot of receivers that are small like that that will impress you, surprise Yep. You. All right, so
1: we're Uh, going to go to buy or sell on my last team in the AFC East with the Dolphins real quick. Just going to blow through these real quick. Tyreek's an obvious, so we're not going to do that. Jalen Waddell's obvious. We're not going to do that. Chase Edmonds is the one I'm buying this year on the Dolphins. The guy averaged five yards a carry last year when he was actually utilized. He just had the pleasure of having James Conner get fucking 18 touchdowns And he got two. So you figure at some point there's going to be a little correlation there as far as his production goes, if he's able. Now, he's never had a season where he's gotten 120 carries in a year um, or anything like that. So I don't see him really getting that feature back role because we also have Raheem Mostert in Miami. Um, But I do think Chase Edmonds will be effective, especially where he's being drafted at right now. Oh, excuse me, shit. Uh, you're able to get Chase Edmonds right now backwards, to, some, sometimes back there towards the 10th, 11th round, which to me is just insane, especially get, with the type of offense that's going to be ran there. Um, speaking of the type of offense, I'm selling jaziki this year. Uh, the reason I'm selling on jaziki is because even with his receiving stats this season, I don't think he'll be featured as much just because all the other weapons that were added... And I think, um, like we spoke about before, I think Jazicki's value this year more comes from his blocking. And I, I'm i selling on Jazicki because I think eventually the Dolphins are going to sell on Jazicki just because I don't see them spending that kind of money on a tight end unless he is a bona fide top three to five tight end in the league. Jazekki's obviously top ten, top seven, arguably, but then you start getting into that gray area, and if he's going to start wanting top three money, you've got to give me top three production. And while he's balled out, we they just haven't seen it.
0: Something that uh, Mike McDaniels talked about this week in a press conference was how the 49ers tight end scheme was a little bit different and that basically the concept is that the each tight end, every play, whether it's a run play or a pass play, they're basically running a route. So they have to be more fluid. They have to really understand what their job is and like that they have to sell what they're supposed to be doing and then do what they need to do. And it's a lot more nuanced to it. So in general, there might be a little bit of a learning curve. We could also see the reason why Kittle looks the way he looks, maybe be a lot to do with this scheme and all of a sudden Mike is He does take that huge leap and that that's part of what brought Mike McDaniels in, in the first place. So that's all we can hope for. I know we got a couple Finns fans in here, you know, just hoping and dreaming every year.
1: That's all you can do just hopes and dreams. All right, Austin, who you got for uh, I think the last one you've got to cover for buyer sell is the giants. What you got over there.
2: Oh, that is a rough team to be working with when it comes to fantasy brother, man. Slim Pickens, tell you that. So lots so of selling for a going buy, on. Let's get the buy out of the way. I would buy Kadarius Tony in what little production he can put out. He will be a big factor over there as long as Daniel Jones can get the ball to him. Um
1: He was a young, a, that Cowboys game buck. last year. Before he got hurt, he was demolishing the Cowboys. I think yeah, he had uh, him. about 10 12 catches for about 180 yards or so. Like the dude was just catching everything left and right before he got hurt that game.
2: I told Colby before the season to watch out for this guy. I drafted him in many leagues because I knew he was going to be a dog coming out from Florida.
1: Yep. Yeah, he was a beast in Florida at Florida. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm sure you he got a long like ass list there. And body body size I'll give you that. I'll give you that.
2: I just don't like the number he's rocking over there, number 89.
1: Uh like that Steve. yeah, you're destined for failure with that I mean, with a number like Steve that. Smith? Like come on man, you're allowed to I rock know, single digits now and you're out here with 89. You're not Steve Smith. Come on.
2: <laughs> exactly.
1: Steve Smith wouldn't even wore 89 if he d- had the choice. Literally. He was a undraft like low drafted, undrafted rookie coming out, and so they just popped him with 89 and he was forced to take it. Kadarius Tony's a first round pick out here, just hand picking 89 like like a psychopath. I you know, if if he came out with that reason, that was the reason he picked it. I would okay. I can't say anything to it. But I haven't heard that. It's just he picked 89. And so I can't I can't respect I need I need Kadarius. Come talk to me, buddy. I need to know.
2: <laughs> so,
1: helps. I'm sure you got a long-ass list there, Austin. Who you uh, who are you selling on the Giants? The rest of the team?
2: Yeah, you can just pretty much sell the rest of the organization. <laughs> uh, we'll focus in on Kenny Galladay. Man hasn't stayed healthy. Just not getting it done over there. No help with jo- Daniel Jones either.
0: And... Yeah, I feel like Kenny Galladay, just... you're at least getting him drafted where he deserves to be. I mean, he's average draft position, 122. I mean, that's you're, – you're getting a little value. I mean, even if he turns into a number three receiver throughout the season, like someone has to catch the ball there. I think that a lot of these guys are, are getting undervalued. It's just like, do you really want to bet on the Giants offense to like help you win a league? That Whenever it comes down to it, that one week – And, like, if they're keeping games close because Saquon Barkley actually plays well, then Kenny Dalladay doesn't even have that fourth quarter, you know, garbage time value that he normally would because he's on a bad team. So, it's just a scary thing. I mean, obviously, you can get value while you're drafting them at. It's just, man, taking the Giants this year, it's like taking the Jets any year. You know what I'm saying? Jets. Hey,
1: th- this look! This year. Whenever I was doing this little exercise here, Jets had a hell of a turnaround. Just uh, a hell of a turn. They added a lot of players this thing. offseason.
2: Them compared to the Giants, like they actually added weapons onto their, like they actually added weapons to their offense and like the defense.
1: Drafted Garrett, Garrett Wilson, Wilson signed Tyler Conklin, C.J. Uzoma, Lincoln Tomlinson on the O line. Defense they got Lamarcus Joyner, Jordan Whitehead, just signed Quan Alexander, DJ Reed,
0: like Whitehead. they are I'll, I'll uh, say this. I'll say this. Nobody quite wins the offseason like the Jets, but football is played from September until February. That's when it matters. So let's see him win some football games, and I'll be a believer. I just I don't know if taking this second year quarterback who looked okay last year. And just believing in him, we'll, we'll have to see. We'll see what, hey, what happens and there. I
1: feel like we're allowed to say that because as Dolphins fans, we were five time champs of the off seasons, so we know how that. Won it you, hey, so Mike much. Williams
0: hope won us an off season. You know, the, Mike Wallace. Yes, Brandon I remember Mike Wallups. Yep, I remember Brandon Marshall. Yeah, I was punk. won us an off season. Didn't get a thousand yards, so Brandon Marshall.
1: He, he may not have, but he Brandon Marshall was a baller
0: for everybody else, man, whenever he went, he, right hey, to the he made Broncos the pro bowl as that, a fin.
1: He made the pro yeah. bowl as a fin, but uh, let's so, see.
0: Uh, the next thing we're going to be talking about today is the players to avoid. The big thing we want to realize is that some people are going to value these players. Let them. There's a reason why we're trying to avoid some of them. It might be injury. It might be position. It might be where they are now compared to where they were last year. There's lots of reasons. So we're going to be moving on to Austin first. So, Austin, you got any players to avoid over there in the NFC East? all the players we just talked about selling.
2: We got Antonio well Hicks.
1: yeah, we went, we just yeah, we just went through a bunch of cells and stuff. Give us like uh the main player that sticks out to avoid in the NFC East. Somebody that you didn't name already.
2: I'd be I would be avoiding Saquon Barkley.
1: Ooh, just that's a hot take. Looking
2: at that looking at that O-line, you know, they had one of the worst O-lines last year. Not a very good have- productive offense over there.
0: But have you seen but, those thighs, though?
2: I've seen those, them thighs, but I've also seen him get injured. Saquad. Saquad. And, quad.
0: Say quad. and also mean, though, nobody brings I the mean, groceries back quite like Saquon. I'm just saying.
1: <laughs> but you also got to think, too, they had Jason Garrett in there last year calling those plays. You've got Brian Dable down, up there now, and uh, I think that offense is going to look quite a bit different. So, you know, we're going to – yeah, we're going to keep an eye on Saquon for sure, just to kind of come back to that one.
0: I mean, I think avoiding him around the 17, whenever you've got other people coming out, um, like right after him, that you're getting lots of value on. Tyreek Hill, you could get as your wide receiver two at that point, instead of Saquon. Javonta Williams, I don't know if I would take, but Leonard Fournette over Saquon Barkley. Leonard Fournette was top six last year, and they're just going to continue to feed the guy. They let Ronald Jones go.
1: Did so you like, see how he came into camp though? Don't sleep on Rashad to, hey, White in Tampa Bay.
0: Letter Fournette can come in two sixty. You guys forget this man's been doing it as a number oh, one. Oh, he's already for he's already down
1: to he's already down to two forty two. Like yeah, he's, he's, he's already dropped. Weight.
0: He's that, was off, go, that
1: was off season. That's cereal and ice cream weight right there. That's uh tequila and partying weight right there. He's good. He'll be all right. But don't hey, so don't I, sleep I, on Rashad go. White down there. Rashad White, rookie. That dude's going to get some looks He's a hell of a killer out of the backfield
0: I mean that's what Tom wants He wants someone that's going to be the three down He can block He can catch it out of the backfield We all Reminds me a of
1: lot of James White too Speaking of Tom Reminds me go. a lot of James White There we go So uh, in the AFC East here The top player that I'm looking to avoid Is um Oh shit where did he go AFC, honestly, they, they've they got a lot of strong players this year. So, like, just going off of the top guys that we're looking at, I'm avoiding Damian Harris. And I know we've kind of talked about it, like, on the side in a little bit more. But, like, I just – with McDaniels not there, Josh McDaniels uh, calling the plays, and Ramondre Stevenson's been killing it in camp. They drafted Pierre Strong, a beast of a running back out of North Dakota State. I just – I don't see enough – uh Enough touches for him to really be that solid running back two that he was last year. Last year he was a really valuable, consistent running back two for you. Um, could get by as your running back one, you know, if you had a you know pretty deep roster. But this year, I think the most you're going to get out of him is maybe a solid flex. And um, for a team's quote unquote running back one, if the most you're getting out of him is a flex. I'm not really looking at them.
0: The Patriots legitimately threw the ball less than five times in a game last year. Now, it was very bad weather, and there's a lot of other reasons that we can come up with. They're a running team. And unfortunately, though, they're not going to only throw the ball five times every game. The big problem with any Patriots player is that you never know what their game plan is unless you have the inside information to know. Is it Harris? Is it Stevenson? Is it some guy that we've never heard of before that just has been lightened up in practice and now they're going to give him the starting shot? Or are they just going to go pass heavy and throw it to the tight ends? Because of Bill Belichick changing around his offense, and this is going to be our first year without Josh McDaniels again, so we have to really see what Belichick's going to be doing before I want to buy anybody that plays for his team at this point, if there was an Edelman there, a one receiver, that's guaranteed hundred catches, I would take him, but they don't even have that at this point. We said earlier that Hunter Henry looks good. I I would say he's the only player I would ever touch on that team just because they're going to throw it to the tight end and everyone forgot about Hunter Henry. He was a top five or 10 tight end last year. And now he's getting picked as like a top 25 tight end. That's value. That's potential, but the running back there is just not good.
1: No, and it's like you just said, like you never know some no-name's going to go off. I don't know if you remember, but a couple years ago, Jonas Gray, they played against the Colts in Indianapolis. Jonas Gray, nobody knew who he was. Nobody had him in their lineup. Went off for 200 yards and like four touchdowns in a game. Didn't do anything else the rest of his career. And but had he was had that one, one waiver
0: wire pick that week. Everyone picked him up, and then whoever did wasted it because everyone you picked can't... him up.
1: Everyone threw him in the starting lineup. Everybody bought him on daily fantasy the next week, and he just disappeared. So, yeah, like you said, you never know what uh, Bill's going to pull out of his hat there.
0: All right, Austin, you avoiding anybody else over there in the uh, NFC East?
2: Yeah, I'd be avoiding JD McKissick this year. Last year, buying into him a little bit, but this year with Brian Robinson coming in, it's gonna be tough for him seeing the workload he saw. Plus, so you think Brian Robinson him.
0: doesn't just take away Gibson, but he also takes into JD McKissick's role as well?
2: Yeah, I believe or he gets a like- lot of the uh, goal line work.
1: Yeah, okay. I, that's a good point. McKissick did replace Gibson a lot in the red zone last year. Uh, so that that is a very valid point. You had me on the ropes there for a second because I wasn't exactly sure. But, no, that, that's a very valid point.
0: Yeah, Yeah, McKissick yeah, uh, for the last couple of years has already shown, you know, like this trend of like kind of overplaying his position. He's a lot like Neum Hines for um the Colts he's that out of the backfield guy and in PPR leagues he has a lot of value I think he's going to be relying on touchdowns this year though and I don't know if I see that team scoring often um I mean just in general who who can you really believe in over there and the commanders really
1: yeah Terry
2: McLaren and that's about it but then you got to trust Wentz throwing him the ball I, I'm okay with that he puts up 3,000 yards a season
0: Well, I know the AFC East is probably one of the most stacked divisions. Where are those three thousand yards going to? So, are you able to find anybody else? Gotta go to somebody. Gotta go to somebody.
1: Uh, There wasn't too many. Um, I feel like uh, just based on positioning and where he's going, Mm -hmm. Josh Allen is being drafted just too high for me. um, With the value that you can get, uh, you know, with. Josh is being drafted as QB one this year. Um, but the drop off in points between Josh Allen at QB one and QB six, which is going in on average round five round six. Um, it's not, it's the drop offs like 4.4 points. Um, now the drop off from QB six to, you know, like QB 12 is much low higher. Um, but, uh, just where he's being drafted at, I feel like Josh Allen is, um, there's just a lot more value that you can get. So that's not really avoiding him, but at his draft position, I'm definitely not looking at him.
0: Completely agree. I mean, right before he gets drafted, you're seeing players like Keenan Allen, Mike Williams come off the board. And then like, you've got DJ Moore, uh, Pitts, James Conner, Cortland Sutton, Travis Etienne. Like these players have value more so than if we go down to wherever Russell Wilson's getting taken off the board and you look at the receivers and the running backs that are still available, there's nothing. There's no way that you're going to find something that's serviceable. So like you can't take a quarterback that early. He scored more points than anybody in fantasy last year, but compared to the other 10 quarterbacks that were starting in fantasy, he only scored maybe 50 points more than the 10th place. That's not the same thing. Quarterbacks never really have that value early.
1: Well, not even that. But, I mean, like you just said, too, it's uh, it's fantasy football. And we all know early rounds in fantasy, the running backs are gold. I mean, unless you're just at the back end of that first round and you want to snatch up a top-wide receiver. But, I mean, m- most people have that strategy of looking at running backs early. And to me, if you're getting Josh, Josh Allen in the first round and you're taking him over – you know, a running back one that you could get, like a Najee Harris. I mean, you're just going to end up setting yourself up with uh, having to start guys like your running backs are going to be Brees Hall and Devin Singletary. Like, it's just you've got to – there's too much value there to pull the trigger on any quarterback that early, Um, not even just Josh Allen. He just happens to be the one going that early. And
0: we talked about how Brees Hall is a potential – steal you know the guy could end up winning you a league but if he's the only running back on your team then how is he supposed to do that you can't you know you can't just rely on Brees hall you have to have those other players i think it's a really good point uh austin you got anybody else over there
2: to avoid to avoid there's so many players just avoid this whole freaking division except for the Cowboys and maybe the Eagles I would avoid Carson Wentz you know I would not draft him
1: oh you just got done hyping him up to me what are you talking about avoid Carson Wentz I would just, I would avoid that at all. You, you just said he's got to th- throw 3,000 yards to somebody. <laughs> I mean, I'll take 3,000 yards. What yeah, are you avoiding very, over here, it's Austin? A, it's a very mediocre
2: quarterback.
1: So now he's mediocre. What are we doing over here, Austin?
2: Well, so I thought 3,000. I mean, mediocre. that's pretty
0: mediocre. <laughs> for four to five it's, for my it
1: is pretty mediocre. If all he's throwing is 3,000 yards, that's pretty mediocre. Just throw them all to Terry Mack. Hey, and there you
0: go. Exactly. I agree. I mean, we're we're just avoiding at this point. If you can't get your hands on uh, Zeke, where he's going. If you can't get your hands on CD. If you can't get Dalton or Dak, Jalen Hurts, then you're probably not getting very many uh, players over in the NFC East. You know, maybe Devonta Smith. That's our that's our last one. I I do like Dallas Goddard, though. I gotta say, uh, Uh, yeah, uh, there you go. We haven't talked about. Yeah, but we're not talking yeah, I understand.
2: about I understand. people to buy on right now. We're probably not That's what I'm saying. It's hard. So. Besides that, just avoid.
0: So uh, let's finish it up with the AFC yeah. East. Do you have any I more mean, over there? These people aren't even relevant enough <laughs> to avoid. <laughs> they're literally going so low. Uh, if like you look at like I'm looking at the ADPs right now, and like you're saying these players in the 200s, yeah. you know the 150s. Like, if you can get value there, go for it. But they're not going to help you win a championship.
2: Yeah, it's more for a 12-person league, double quarterback league. Even
0: then, though.
1: So, uh, yeah, my last one to avoid for the AFC East, and then we'll move on to, like, our sleepers here. Uh, I'm avoiding Corey Davis for the Jets. Um, I know he was listed as wide receiver one from them last year. This year, I honestly think he could be wide receiver three, even wide receiver four. Um I just think that uh, Corey Davis isn't really going to put up the numbers that he needs to in order to solidify anything, and I honestly think he might be on the chopping block next year.
0: And then, I mean, on top of that, we have like he could be on the we're going, Austin. He could be on the retirement block next year. Man's been it honestly hasn't been that long. He's not quite. He like might be thirty, if not like about to turn thirty. Um, so he's like, right at that point, he was just drafted in the first round. So his uh, value of what he's supposed to do as a player, he'll never be acceptable. It's like Amari Cooper. Amari Cooper is always going to have to be a number one. As soon as they try to take Amari Cooper and make him a number two, then he doesn't have any more value. And it's the same thing for, for Corey Davis. I, I think that on that team with With the rookie coming in and looking the way he's looked, everyone's just too excited about it. Zach Wilson hasn't shown that he's already got this arm to make two thousand yard receivers, so I doubt that we see that from uh from anybody over there, yeah
1: yeah all right, so uh it's looking like we've got that covered there, so um. Austin, who you got? Uh, let's start over there with the Cowboys for you. Who are you looking at as a sleeper there?
2: Who was a sleeper? I got Jalen Tolbert, the rookie. Yeah, boy.
1: Good pick. Good pick.
2: He will be popping off, taking over that role from Michael Gallup. You know, Dak Prescott loves to throw that ball, and he's going to be the number two. And C.D.'s going to take a lot a, a lot of attraction with that defense. So, he's going to be a perfect little dump-off situation. I've already seen him in camp taking off, and he's got good hands and great route-running ability. So, we'll see him progress. Stay tuned. I like
1: Tolbert a lot. I do. I, I think he was yeah. a really good pick for y'all as well, especially with losing Amari Cooper and Cedric Wilson there's targets to go around there for sure
0: and AD yeah i definitely think he's one of the rookies that'll pop off this year ADP of 123 i mean that's that's so much value if we can get him and he ends up turning into somebody of like substance in that offense like kind of what Cedric Wilson was looking like last year
1: yeah exactly exactly i like I'd that love pick that. So uh, I've got um, – we're going to go back down the list here for me. On the Bills, as a sleeper, I've got running rookie running back James Cook. Like I was saying earlier about Devin Singletary and James coming in and uh, taking away some of that value. I wouldn't be shocked if James ends up pushing Devin Singletary for that RB1 job completely. He's better out of the backfield as a receiver. He was one of the top receiving backs in the country, especially coming out of the SEC. Um, the guy averaged almost six yards a carry in the SEC. That's insane. Now Georgia obviously is a was a fantastic team, had a great season, but man, the guy was just a workhorse for him, and uh, I. I think he's got the skills like his brother Dalvin to just come in the league and start tearing it up. And the, that's the one thing the Bills have been missing from their offense is that consistent running game. And I think James Cook is going to be the one to give it to him. I I can definitely Last see year that.
0: was the two-headed monster that was never a monster. I mean, both of them had kind of value between Moss and Singletary. The big hope is that if you take James Cook in a redraft is that he gets the number one looks – like he's a three down back type of guy where you're going to draft him at. He doesn't even have to do that to have value. You just want Singletary or um, to go down. If Singletary goes down, then James Cook could end up being a, a RB2 right away.
1: I mean, oh, for sure. Yeah, like I, I could easily see James Cook winning people their leagues this year if they're able to snag him and. Uh, Even if you can draft draft him at the end of the round and you don't necessarily need to worry about starting him and just hold him on your bench for a little while, uh, he's going to have some value, especially come the end of the year when they're making a playoff. It's a great
0: Mr. Irrelevant pick. Nobody's looking at him. He's not even on most draft boards, but he could end up being that guy, especially if you're one of those stacked teams that you don't need the depth
1: space. Yep, yep. Uh, so uh Austin, who you got who's a sleeper on the um the Giants over there? A sleeper
2: for the Giants would just have to be
1: Kadarius yeah, telling. That's about
2: you. the only one I could think of as well. It, it, he's gonna be getting the biggest workload for pretty much any receiver. And he can he's handle Evan Ingram still there? Like so you just do have to worry about a little a little bit of like off the field problems with him. He's just a little bit of a situation. You saw how many times he got injured last year. So you do have to be aware of those things. But if he plays, he's someone like you really want to value in uh, best ball leagues because he can really get you a lot he of value. He did two
0: games last year for over 20 points, and I think one of them was 30-something. I mean, he, he obviously has that like game-breaking talent. It, it's, it reminds me a lot of a potential that Debo Samuels showed early in his career. He just got hurt. And was on a team that ran the ball a lot. And whenever they finally gave him his opportunities, then he took them. So it could be, I mean, that I'm very, very high on Kadarius. Um, I've been trying to get him as much as I can. I almost traded him for him in the dynasty. Amonse Brown and uh, a 10th for Kadarius Tony in a fourth. And I probably would have taken it. Wouldn't be a bad call. Maybe if he had a better quarterback to trust. Exactly. I mean, I don't trust Jared Goff by any, you know, means.
2: It does look like they might be getting someone in there. Could be some. Dude from some San would say Fry that
0: Daniel Jones has never gotten a real opportunity to show what he's capable of.
1: Jimmy G. I would say Daniel Jones has had plenty of freaking. Time I didn't to say show that. I would say that. Either. I
0: said that some would say that.
1: Yeah, I, yeah. Daniel, jo- I mean, when he came out, uh, I remember labeling him as the, uh, a less accurate Tannehill, which as a Dolphins fan scared the hell yeah. out of me. I didn't want Daniel Jones any, like anywhere near my team. Um, Not to say, to you know, a lot the, like the kids, Josh Allen. The, it, exactly. The kid's got talent. He's got the, he's got the running ability. I mean, he's deceptively fast now deceptively you know could be just because the typical quote-unquote white quarterback but he uh the guy's got some athletic ability to him uh, no doubt at all and he has a good arm as far as being able to make the throws it's just the accuracy's not there but uh like you said austin the josh allen comparison he's getting josh allen's old coach and the one that fixed josh allen um helped him make that jump so uh I'm really interested to see what Dayball is able to do for Daniel Jones this year, because it very well could be his last year to show something.
0: Very like sure. it. Well, we got anybody else over there in the East of the AFC?
1: Yeah, let's see. We'll we'll go down to the. We just did the Bills. Let's go the Jets. Uh, sleeper for the Jets. We're going to stick with the uh, the rookie uh, mold here, and I've got a uh, Garrett Wilson listed as my sleeper Um, just because again, kind of like the same thing with James Cook before uh, he's not being drafted too high to where you feel like, you know, you'd have to reach for him necessarily by the time you get down to Garrett Wilson, if you don't have at least your top three wide receivers picked, you've probably done something wrong unless you're just in a 14, 16 team league. Um, But Garrett Wilson, I think this year, um, I've actually, on my sleepers for the Jets, I've got Garrett Wilson, Braxton Berrios, and Zach Wilson all listed. Uh, I think that offense should make a jump this year. If Zach Wilson can make the jump, I think Garrett Wilson will be a big part of that. Um, the guy's got four, three speed coming out of Ohio State. He was one of the top receivers in the country last year. Um, now, I'm always interested to see guys coming out of Ohio State just because for me, a lot of them don't necessarily transfer to the NFL, but their wide receivers generally do have a decent little track record. And uh, you got Garrett Wilson and Olave for the Saints this year that just came from there. So uh, I think Garrett Wilson should be able to turn a lot of heads and make a good bit of noise as a rookie uh, wide receiver this year.
0: I love it. Uh, I, we said earlier that there's no way that Corey Davis has any true value. And I mean, that's all because of Garrett Wilson at this point um, between him and the other ones, Elijah Moore, right? Uh, second year receiver for them.
1: Uh, yes. And that, that
0: right there. Now you got an offense. I mean, who's, who's catching the ball tight end over there. Do they even have one at this point? Uh,
1: they signed, uh, Tyler Conklin from Minnesota this year and CJ Uzoma from the Bengals. So they've actually got two pretty decent tight ends to be able to get the job. That's a tight end room. Even if one goes down, they've got, and they draft they also drafted uh Jeremy Ruckert from Ohio State as well. Cool little story there. They grew up uh Jets fans. His dad is a huge Jets fan, has Jets stuff all throughout their house and everywhere like that. And uh the video of when his son got drafted is just awesome because he just absolutely loses his mind because for any dad it's a dream come true. Exactly.
0: Man. I mean, playing for the team that no other team would have been as good. We would have been happy. We would have loved you the same, but we would have been disappointed. All right, Austin, do you have any uh, any more sleepers over there?
2: Oh, of course I do. From the Washington Commanders, we have a wide receiver, too, that is being slept on, rookie Jahan Dotson. Okay. Coming out of Penn State. He should be a solid number two option for Wentz to throw to. He's a speedy receiver with solid hands. And Terry McLaren's going to be taking a lot of looks away, so he should be open quite a bit. I mean, speed's going to be good...
1: I and like that those
2: 3,000 yards got to go somewhere so I <laughs> can see
0: him and Terry McLaren splitting that up pretty evenly. <laughs> yeah, they got to go somewhere. I mean, I love it. Again, we said one of Wentz's things is it's not that he's accurate. He can't read defenses. He can throw the ball really far, and it looks good. It's a good ball. So, you know, taking the top off of these offenses, I mean, hopefully that helps uh, this Robinson fella, you know, eat on the inside. But, man, I'm, I'm not seeing a lot of, exciting things coming out of the commander's camp right now, uh, in general.
1: The Jahan Dotson, it would be the one exciting thing I have seen come out. I've seen that he has been uh not necessarily balling in camp, but just showing worthy of his um draft pick and showing a good little rapport that he's building there with Wentz. Um, you know, Wentz is a vet, but it's his first year in Washington. It's, you know, Dotson's first year in Washington. So it's easy for them to kind of start develop that rapport just as early as any of the receivers there. So um, yeah, I, I do like the dots and pick a lot there. Now uh, moving back over to the east here with me for the Patriots. Uh, try to blow through this a little quicker. Uh, I've got for the sleeper for the Patriots. We're gonna, you know, sleepers. Rookies are sleepers to me, and I've got Tyquan Thornton listed as the sleeper for the Patriots. Dude is a fucking blazer out of uh, Baylor. The the man it has wheels on him. I think he ran a 4-2-8 in the combine. I want to say he was the fastest receiver listed this year. I, if Mac can get some time back there and just be able to launch that baby, I mean, Devontae Parker's not going deep. Jacoby Myers doesn't have the speed to do it. Kendrick Bourne and El- Nelson Aguilar are sneaky little slot guys or whatever, but I'm telling you, man, Taequann Thornton, he could be their next little weapon that they've got there in New England because that guy has got the ability.
0: I mean, Nelson Aguilar doesn't have the the jets the way that he used to, and he's never been able to catch a deep ball anyways. He's he's 50-50 on a wide open pass, and you just can't have that. Um, Man, I mean, going wide receiver for the Patriots is risky, but they've always tended to have some unknown – come out and become this great receiver. That's just what they do.
1: It's it's like the Wentz thing. If Mac's going to throw for 3 to 4000 yards this year, somebody's got to yeah. catch him. And I I don't know who on the Patriots is going to do that just because they it's so shocking to me and I'll probably repeat this 20 times this season, but they did not add anybody. And I'm I mean, even including they didn't add anybody by bringing in Devontae Parker because I don't feel like he made their team any yeah. better. Like they lost Nikhil Harry, but they add Devontae Parker. And like I said, you're if you can get 10 games out of Devontae Parker this year, you won the trade. Congratulations. The,
0: the hot take everyone's terrified to say right now is that the Dolphins are the second best team in the AFC East. They just want to give it to the Patriots based off of Bill Belichick's history and pedigree and this is not a dog competition this is football it's about what you do right now what you've done for me lately and i I don't see it i don't think that they're going to be the second best team i think the dolphins easily pull that off based off of all the talent that they did bring in on top of having a top defense last year they just shored up every position that was a question mark except for the one that everyone questions which is quarterback and i think that they just need to cool down Give him a chance, an actual chance, once.
1: Yep, yep. All right, so what do you you got the Eagles left, don't you, Austin? I sure do. Who's that I can't sleeper? Think
2: of a better sleeper than Devontae Smith. He's getting slept on with the AJ Brown hype. Having that chemistry with uh, Jalen Hurts is going to help a lot. Now,
1: what about Jalen Rager? How do you feel this year about uh, Rager there?
2: Yeah, I don't see him doing too much. We haven't seen much of him in camp. Spent a lot of Devonta Smith and A.J. Brown. But that is a team that does like to use their wide receivers and rotate them around. So I could see Jalen Rager being a deep sleeper in a big league.
0: With everyone uh, overvaluing Sanders as much as they have, I see Kenneth Gainwell getting a lot of value this year. I think that he could be that sneaky RB2 that just gets way more looks than he's supposed to and just turns up in games. And if you happen to start him and believe in him, even though you don't think he's going to do it again next week, he'll do it for you again and put up another 15 to 20. I think that a lot of people are going to sleep on Kenneth Gainwell this year.
1: Yeah, and I just want to – We need to give Dallas Godert his respect because I think that guy's going to end up being a top five fantasy tight end this year for sure. I'm
0: glad that that finally means something. Being a top five tight end is like actually like a thing now. It used to be the number one, two, maybe three tight ends were actually relevant. But nowadays, like the tight ends are picking it up. And maybe it's all thanks to Travis Kelsey and that tight end you.
1: But... It very well could be. It's also with, you know, this new age skill of like back, you know, whenever we were growing up, your tight ends had the receiving ability, but they were basically athletic linemen. Um, blocking was their pri- primary scouting focus. If you couldn't block, you weren't being touched. You were seen as a big, slow wide receiver. You weren't even thought of as a tight end. Now, if you're oversized and slow as a wide receiver, we'll just move you to tight end and we'll figure the blocking out later, or we'll just split you out and line you up in the slot or singled up on the outside and we'll bring in a blocking tight end. Um, The fact that there is the moniker of receiving tight end versus blocking tight end now pretty much tells you all you need to know there. That's why guys like Goder and, you know, the other top five guys there, they have that ability to, be a threat in the pass game, but as well as very effective in the run game. I mean that's why Gronk to me is the GOAT. Not even his stats or anything, but the man was just as effective as an offensive tackle. If he would have put on 30 pounds and moved to offensive tackle, he would have been just as I think good.
0: that's the big knock against Jimmy Graham. Because he he's the opposite. It, it is. He was just you, a receiver.
1: It is. And that he, he even tried to do that in his uh, contract negotiations, like tried to get paid as a receiver because of what he was listing himself as. And it's just like, okay, but are you a wide receiver or a tight end? So if you move your positional uh, marker over to wide receiver, we can talk about it, but you're listed as a tight end. So, uh, Jimmy, but, um,
2: do you, do you remember Jimmy Neutron's dog, his
1: name? Was it Cosmo, Astro, Penelope?
2: His name was Goddard. And that's what we're talking about right now is Dallas Goddard. I need you to get that name right if you're going to put some respect on him.
1: Uh, What did I say, Goddard? You said Goddard. I did say – I probably said Goddard. 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 Yeah, I probably said Goddard. Okay, I appreciate the correction. Thank you.
2: Hey, no problem, (laughs) brother.
1: So uh, going over to my last team for the sleepers here on the Dolphins, you know – Fuck it. Tua Tagovailoa is my sleeper for the Dolphins this year. Why? Because everyone shits on the guy and I want nothing more than for him to come and just uppercut everyone in the league this year and just show why he was now we're throwing it out there, you know. Me and Colby, we're Dolphins fans. We're born and raised Dolphins fans. It's what we do. It's, you know, our primary focus is the Dolphins here. But I mean even so, Tua, he's he was a top five pick for the reason. He was a top quarterback coming out of high school for a reason. He took Jalen Hurts's starting job and kept Mac Jones on the bench for a reason. I, the, it's all there. And with McDaniels coming in this year, or McDaniel coming in this year, added Tyreek, adding Cedric Wilson, Raheem Mostert, Chase Edmonds, we brought in Connor Williams, Teron Armstead. All the pieces are there for Tua to finally succeed this year. And nobody's picking him. Nobody's drafting him. Everyone is picking him as the guy that he's first man out next year. Dolphins are already looking to draft a quarterback. Tua doesn't, his career's over. He's going to be a backup for the rest of his career. It's already decided by most of the media. So the, absolutely, Tua is my sleeper for the Dolphins this year because I cannot, I, Want nothing but success for him, simply so everyone has to make the rounds again and give him his fucking flowers.
0: I love it. I love everything about it. I think that you're completely right. I think that everyone forgot that this guy was drafted number five overall from Alabama for a reason. Tank for two existed. We just got fined a bunch of money because of it for two, for two years. Years. I mean, come on.
1: Two years. Tank for two was going on on Twitter. Two years.
0: So, I love it. I mean, the guy's getting drafted at 135 right now. If you can get him right there, and he ends up being a top 10 or top 5 quarterback, I mean, that's just, that's the type of value that you want. Taking Josh Allen in the fourth round is not something that you want to do. You want to take Tua in the 14th. That's how you win leagues. Exactly.
1: Exactly. Exactly.
0: Uh, the next thing we're going to be talking about is we're going to be breaking down the teams, some of the players that moved from or to these teams and how it's changed their outlook, uh, whether or not they're an offense that we're going to be looking to buy into throughout the season, or if they're just someone that we're not touching this team with a 10 foot stick. Uh, we're going to start it off with Austin. He's got lots of those 10 foot stick teams over there. We've been talking about it all night. You got any uh, team breakdowns for us? Oh, yeah,
2: coming out of the Dallas Cowboys. This man did just recently get injured, so kind of less hype on him now. But I was hype on him coming in. It was James Washington, wide receiver. He was looking like he could be the solid number three there and could be the number two whenever Gallup's down. But now that he's hurt, we'll see when he comes back. But he got traded to Dallas and pretty hype about that. He's a good player coming from uh, the Steelers. I really liked him over there. I was, the, I think he got undervalued there with how much talent they had a receiver.
0: And like you said, with you guys losing what you already lost this year, I mean, you needed to bring in that type of talent. He's a big body guy. He's a possession type of guy. I mean, that's big red zone target. It's unfortunate that he's going to be out. I haven't heard any news as far as MRIs and whether or not it's season ending or if he'll be back at some point throughout the season, but that's always something to look for.
2: Oh, yeah, he'll definitely be back. It was just a little, little ankle injury. Okay, so, so not, no cart. I'm sure just a few weeks that's and he'll good. be fine. Did get carted, but that was just you know to help him off the field. I mean, it's an ankle injury. We didn't want our guy hopping off the it field. It is what
0: it is. I mean, the Cowboys are the Cowboys. Uh, they have these high expectations every year because that's who they are. Um, hopefully they're able to really buy into them this year and, and prove out. What do we got over there in the AFC East, Justin?
1: All right. So we just kind of went over the Dolphins. They had a pretty big overhaul this year. Um, I already went over all the players they added, so I'm not going to go over that again. Um we talked about how they lost Devontae Parker. They also lost Duke Johnson. I don't really count that as too much of a loss. He only gave us like three or four games. Big loss, I think, that uh, Dolphins fans talk about, but nobody really else notices very much, was Matt Collins. Matt Collins was a major special teams player for the Dolphins. Um, he was really became um, sort of that uh, go-to safety net for two um opposite of jaziki as far as the big body guys that he liked to throw to and i'm i know you know it, colby watching dolphins games there was plenty of times where matt collins caught a touchdown and the announcer said it was jaziki because that Jazicki wears 88 and mac yep. wore 86 um but uh yeah i'm i'm gonna miss mac a lot down there in miami i think he was a really good player just really good leader overall he was a captain and like i said too that mainly that that special team's effort that he brings there um as a gunner as you know just a coverage guy there he he's a baller and so i i really hope he's able to catch his footing there in vegas and continue on uh what he was able to build these last couple of years in miami
0: What are are your expectations for the offense as a whole? Are you thinking that if you can get a piece of this offense at all to go for it? Or are you uh, really buying people at their value for the most point?
1: Uh, For the Dolphins, uh, like you said, Tyreek Hill, the fact that you even mentioned it earlier, Tyreek Hill is being drafted in the second round and like late second round, early third round in most drafts. Blows my mind. Like, regard, I know it's all the hate on Tua. We just talked about it. But it's still Tyreek freaking Hill. Like, the guy is still the cheetah. Like, he alone should add 50 yards passing per game to Tua's stat oh. sheet. Just because any given play, that guy is going to break loose. And all the beat reporters down in Miami seeing him for the first time in person on a day-to-day basis – Everything I'm seeing, it just, all of it says, is this man cannot be covered, multiple plays in a row. You might get him one or two, but he's gonna get you more than you get him. And when he gets you, you've got got because that man is, he's a freaking animal. I think. Um, so obviously by Tyreek, Jalen, obviously buy into Jalen there on that offense. And uh, like I said, I mentioned I'm big on Chase Edmonds this year as well more than Raheem Moster.
0: He most are, he has already worked in the system, so I think that like it's a little bit early to to pick which one it's going to be. Um, McDaniel said yesterday that you know some of the running backs have picked up the new system quick, and some of them are still coming along. So like there's there's that as far as um, as far as Tyree Kill, you can't have a guy be top ten in all fantasy points two years in a row. And then he gets drafted 18 overall. I mean, does that make any sense? It, he's going to do it again.
1: He... It's it's the two I yeah. hate, bro. Like, that's all it is. It's If he went to the Patriots and Mac, with he doesn't Mac even Jones throw the ball. or – Hell, if he even went to the Jets with Zach Wilson, just because I, – I will give it to him. Zach Wilson can launch that ball fucking 80 yards. Like, the man has a cannon. He would still be going. I think his normal draft value maybe knocked down a little bit, but the fact that Tyreek's going right now is like wide receiver seven. That that blows my yep. freaking mind.
0: It's all these young guys. They just think that they're going to do it again after they did it last year, and we'll see a little bit of a sophomore slump from players. I think Chase is one uh, for certain. But let's move it along. We're we're getting done here towards the end. You got any uh, any breakdown for us, Austin?
1: Other than the Cowboys, who's your team to watch in the NFC East this year? Oh, definitely the Eagles. They
2: brought in a lot of pieces in that draft, as well as bringing over A.J. Brown, a new member of the Eagles, coming over from the Titans. He'll easily be the number one receiver. He's actually – Jalen Hurts is his baby's godfather already. So, great, great rapport there already. Um. As long as he can stay healthy, you know, which has been a That's trend what we call a career. fun fact. Yeah. <laughs> He's a big body receiver that extends plays after the catch, so he
1: could easily see a thousand yard season. Yep, I agree. Uh, coming what? back over here to the East to break down the Bills real quick. Um, I've got uh, just as a uh, fun fact there, since Austin just gave one. Um, Nobody really talks about it. The Bills drafted the Punt God, Matt Ari- or Ariza. Spell check me on that last name. I'm fucking it up. I know I am. But Punt God. That's what we're going to call him. Out of San Diego State, he statistically, because punting you can do this, kicking you can do this. Compare college to pros. He would have out kicked every professional punter last year by a solid margin with hang time, punt distance. Average touchbacks, punch was, punts inside the 20, every statistical measure, this man would have led all statistics in punters for the NFL last year. Now, it's a punter, but field position is a huge part of the game. And when you know you have a punter that can boot that ball 60 to 70 yards and get you some field position back, that allows you to take those fourth and three shots from your own 30 or those third and three uh, plays from your own 30 and make a shot down the field. Instead, knowing if you get backed up, you still can get out of there and put it on the other side of the 30 and have plenty of options and be able to shift that field. Um, I mean, I remember I watched, uh, uh, it was a few years ago, the dolphins versus the jets. And it was when uh, a was the coach and, um, I will say the only reason we won that game is because uh hack our punter at the time was able to boot that ball on to the opposite 20 every time. And so our defense was just able to play field position and that it, it's such a big part in the game. And I'm not really going to go over the bills too much more just because it's the bills. They're a super bowl favorite for a lot of people. They're my favorite to go to the super bowl this year as well. Um, what are you thinking on that? Uh,
0: one thing that great coaches say all the time is that you have to win three all three phases of football. It's all about offense, defense, special teams. You really can't undervalue special teams. That's what... Fantasy football players do often, but it's not how teams win. And if a good punter helps your defense to get a good, good field position, then your offense is out there more often. They're in sc- field scoring position. It is what it is. That's what it's supposed to be. So uh, you got one more uh, t- team for us, Justin?
1: Uh, yeah, Austin looks like he's a little busy right now. So uh, we're just going to um... – the Jets. I'm actually, you know, like I said, uh, my best friend, Jared, he's he's a big Jets fan. And so we talk a lot of Dolphins and Jets. So I'm I'm caught up on the Jets quite a bit. But, man, Jets added a lot of people this year. I'm pretty sure I've already went over the people they added. But you take the amount of people they added versus the little bit of people they lost. Um, they lost Jamison Crowder. He got replaced by Garrett Wilson. So you're not going to see any effect there. Marcus May was a really solid safety for them. I liked Marcus May a lot. But they brought in Lamarcus Joyner, another vet safety. He's a little undersized, sitting at 5'8. Um, but they've also got Jordan Whitehead and they run Ashton Davis out there a lot. They have, you know, they're like the Dolphins. They have a lot of multiple DVs on the field. Um, so I I don't see them losing too much there. i to me they just look improved on both sides of the ball. And if Saleh can get those guys right and Zach Wilson makes a little bit of a jump this year in his sophomore season. I, I think the Jets, I mean, I wouldn't be shocked to see them finish third or second in the division, as much as I hate to say that. Like, you know, if certain things go their way and they're able to uh, get through that tough schedule that they have, their first nine weeks are brutal, absolutely brutal. And if they can get through that at least 500 or just a game below 500, they're looking at a pretty solid season for them because it gets kind of, it eases up on them quite a bit after that.
0: Yeah. Playing those teams that uh, had less than 500 schedules last year is real nice. And uh, the Dolphins are in a similar boat first couple of games, you know, first five or six weeks are going to be a little bit rough. Um, I I think that the division in general is going to be competitive. It's not the most competitive in the league, but, there's, there's a lot of uh, teams in this in this division. I'd say all four that have players that we're looking for. The only one I'm really staying away from the most is the Patriots. And even if they were going to win the division this year, I would still probably not draft anybody from their team. It, it's you just don't know what you're going to get. That's just how the Patriots work.
2: These divisions are pretty comparable. Like when it comes down to it. Your Bills is like my Cowboys. Your Dolphins are like the Eagles.
0: And then you have the other two. Yeah. I'm
1: sorry. Hold on. I'm sorry. Yeah. I have to stop you. Did you just compare your Cowboys to the Bills?
2: Yeah, the top two dogs in the division.
1: Oh, okay. Okay, okay. I thought you were putting them on their tier, on their level. I was I think just the trying Bills to humble Yeah, they're you know, each the top dogs little. in their division. I, I, okay. It doesn't really okay. matter
2: how good you are as long as you beat – beat out the division uh, okay
1: right? okay okay i was just i wanted just a tad bit of clarification yeah no i
2: mean the cowboys are better than the bills clearly. oh, oh better shit that's better awesome receivers take. better o-line better d-line well better, there's better, the header for, for the podcast stadium. right
1: there
0: cowboys are
1: cowboys <laughs> better than the bills question mark <laughs>
0: <laughs> can't
1: wait for that that's a good oh, time man.
0: well you guys can uh, go ahead and murder that's austin cool, cool. in the in the comments you can go at him at Austin underscore pffp at on Twitter and let them know what you think. Uh, Bills fans are probably going to give you a nice little run on that one.
2: Hey, I'm ready for that Bills
1: mafia baby. He he loves dick pics oh, in the DM. That's DMs. what he
0: loves. Whoa, <laughs>
2: definitely
0: not. <laughs> well, that's all that we've got for all you right. guys today. Well, uh, it's been a great episode. Hopefully, uh, the drive to work was a little bit better, or that hour-long shit, whichever one it was for you. So this has been Colby. You can call me Coach underscore PFFP at at uh, Twitter. That's that Twitter thing. That's how it works, right? Is that how it works, Justin? <laughs> yep.
1: Alright, guys. I, I think that's how it works, you guys yeah. Send me some stuff. I'm at, uh, at Justin at Justin underscore PFFP. Follow the pod at ProFantasyPod on Twitter as well. Uh, Appreciate your guys' times. And uh, we're going to keep doing this stupid shit and just see how far it takes us here.
2: Yes, sir.